The Mind Aware, 311. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> what I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will, and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and welcome. So I know sometimes we get this feeling that we have obstacles in our way, or we have barriers to building our businesses or accomplishing our goals and our dreams in life. Sometimes we look at what's ahead of us and we think, oh, I can't, or it's impossible, and we have to silence that inner critic. Well, if that's ever been you, then you are going to love today's guest. I am here with Eric Weinmayer, and you know what he did? He kayaked the Grand Canyon. Did I mention he's blind? Mm -hmm. He has been to the top of Mount Everest, and as well as the other six major summits in the world. He doesn't let anything stand in his way, and you know what? It's mindset. It's the way he thinks about things, and I can't wait to dig in and learn more, and I know you agree. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you. You know, I've been so fired up about your new book. It's, uh, by the way, for those who don't know, it's called No Barriers. And Eric's been out there on the circuit talking to everybody, the Today Show and all of these other places. And I can see why, because I think for most of us, it's really hard to imagine what it must be like, because you were born sighted and you became blind at 14. Yeah. And so that must be incredible. Most of us could not understand a shift like that. How was that for you? Did you have a time period that you had to go through where you were feeling sorry for yourself or not sure what you would do? Yeah, I went blind about a week before my freshman year in high school. So uh, they told me the doctors had said I was going to be blind. There's no cure. But I blocked it out. You know, I did what any kid would do. I blocked it out. And then um, when it happened, just before I entered freshman year, I it was like getting punched in the face or something. You know, it was like and, and I was in complete denial, you know, like I had been thinking, like, maybe they're wrong, you know, and I'll just block it out. And, you know, so, you know, I, I did pretty much like curl up in a ball, you know, figuratively and say, like, you know, just I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to pretend it's not me. And so then when it happened, you know, you, you're faced with this confrontation, like this brick wall in your face. You don't know how to get through it. And I was really afraid that I was going to be, you know, shoved to the sidelines and be forgotten, you know, in this dark place. And, I, and I'd never be able to get out again. I'd listen to life going by. And so, yeah, incredible frustration, like so overwhelming and so helpless, so powerless you know, just sitting there in that first few months, not even being able to contemplate the future. 
So you referenced it was a few months. What in the world could shift that mindset? How could you start to come back from that? Well, I wish I could tell you that there was this amazing exercise that I did, (laughs) but it really was like I was trying to use my cane and I didn't want to use it because I didn't want to be blind. But when I didn't use it, I would fall downstairs (laughs) and I would smash into walls. And so... I realized, oh my God, if I don't start using the tools that are in front of me, like I'm going to be, you know, even more on the sidelines and I'm, I might even kill myself. So it was realizing that there are things that were bigger than you and contemplating what are the things that you can influence in your life and what are the things that you have to let go of. And so eventually I think I realized that blindness itself was one of those things I had to let go of and just make it a part of me. I wasn't going to change it. I wasn't going to fix it. So the thing I could influence was to use the tools and start to not like ignore it or deny it or wish it away, not like see the world through, you know, some kind of denial, but, but to actually turn into the storm, like to actually turn into this thing. And honestly, that is the only way I know of succeeding in any arena, which is like fully engaging and turning into the storm and saying, okay, I can't beat this thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn into it and I'm going to, I'm going to walk into that storm and I'm going to flail and bleed and blunder my way forward till I figure it out. It sounds like the embracing. In fact, I've heard you say, and I really like this idea and I, I can't even quite wrap my head around it where you said it's not like you're trying to overcome obstacles and that's not what you're telling people to do. You know, when you you named your book, no barriers, because you're not saying like, see the barrier, what you're saying is the opposite. And, And I'm paraphrasing this. I think you can do better, but it's like you're saying, see instead your passion or your goal or your dream. And then the, the quote unquote obstacle becomes irrelevant. Is that a fair assessment of where you're at? And can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think, When you dive into any process, you know, um, into any journey like that, where you're trying to figure out blindness or trying to start a business or uh, trying to, you know, do anything big, you know, um, what happens is these barriers keep getting in the way and they sap your energy. You know, they kill your momentum. Um, Sometimes they make you question yourself. Sometimes they make you suffer so much that you don't even know whether you want to continue. So I do think those barriers, the way you confront them, are really pivotal moments. So do you overcome something like blindness? Uh, not really. What I talk about is taking these challenges and harnessing them, you know, kind of confronting them and harnessing them and trying to figure out what is the energy inside those adversities and using that energy to propel you forward in some way. Now, Honestly, the ways that they propel you forward are not always the ways that you think at the time. They propel you forward in these sort of crazy, spiraling, unexpected ways, sometimes towards disaster, but sometimes uh, towards new discoveries, honestly, more more times than not. And so that's the way, I, you know, I confronted blindness was like, look, I, this is a storm. And I either choose to be in that storm or I sit on the sidelines listening to life go by. And the storm is scary as hell, but I want to ride that energy forward in some way. And I don't know exactly where it'll carry me, but I kind of, I have a vision of where I want it to lead me. 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, I think sometimes people think when we talk about mindset that we're we're talking about, oh, let's just walk around all blissed out every day, <laughs> just, you know, happy. And, you know, really the, the energy for life, I mean, the ride we all came in for, in my opinion, is that ride of like you're going to be challenged, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. And, and I think one thing that I like about what you say, Eric, is that, you speak to that we all have challenges of some kind, you know, and some are more quote unquote visible, right. but some of us, everybody's living with limitations to some aspect. And so why not embrace those limitations and move, move into right. them rather than denying them? Move oh. into them. Exactly. I, I, that's what I actually talk about turning into those challenges because otherwise you, you know, if you're, if you're not fully engaged in turning into them, then you'll, you'll never sort of deliver your best self to the game. Yeah, and that's where your best self is created is in, in those spaces. So I love that. So 14, I mean, that's a really young age to, to get this news. And I'm imagining that, you know, there was a learning curve and some developing that had to go on through high school. Do you remember the moment when you kind of decided to take on your first really daring, risky <laughs> thing? Yeah, I do remember that. But even before that, though, you had mentioned something that was really fascinating. And, you know, so I wrote this, the second, my second book, The Adversity Advantage, with this scientist, Dr. Paul Stoltz. And we, you know, he was a scientist who studies adversity. He's brilliant. And, you know, he talks about your response to adversity being uh, like helping if you can respond to it better, then you live longer, you're happier, you're more fulfilled, all this stuff. And we used to arm wrestle when we were writing the book because I was like, look, when bad things happen to you, it's not like you're like, oh, what an opportunity. You stub your toe and like blood gushing everywhere and you're like, what an opportunity for growth. Like, no, reality is not that. You pound your head against the wall. You, you wail and you, you talk, you know, you have those feelings of, of being overwhelmed and powerless and, and just like, you know, you don't even know what to do. And then, but then at some point you commit, right, to turning into that storm and, and, it's it's really interesting the shift that happens because then your mind has now a sense of control of influence like okay i'm going to move forward and it's like there's this kind of energy that's released within yourself within your teams and that energy is the secret weapon yeah i agree i agree i i love it and it's funny because i could hear my thoughts want to say you commit to turning into the storm in spite of it but i would like to say you actually are successful because of it right. rather than in spite of it. You're accomplishing things and becoming known for things that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have had the quote-unquote adversity. A hundred percent. But you don't realize that at the time. It, at the time, you're just like, you know, just just massively overwhelmed and frustrated. And I, I feel like most human beings have to go through that. I don't know if that's, you know, a hundred percent the recipe, but I do feel like every person I studied and no barriers in the book. They went through that massive valley before they reached the summit. And understanding what that process looks like, you know, the, the, the journey, the map between that dark place and the summit was the thing that I have been fascinated with in my life. And it's the, exactly the stuff that you're talking about. Well, and so tell us a little bit about that map. Like, do you have any kind of guidelines if you say somebody's going through adversity now? Where's the direction you can send them? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's really honestly who people want to big, dream big and want to do big things and want to be the best version of themselves. And sure. And then when you reach like that, 
you know, you bring more adversity into your life. You know, if you want to sit on the couch your whole life, uh, then you're going to live an easier life and, until you die of a heart attack, I guess. Uh, but, but, uh, so, so reaching big sort of accepts more adversity. The, the extent of the reach is, is commensurate with the, the adversity that you accept into your life. You know, the bigger the reach, the harder the life that you commit to, unfortunately. So I do think there's a messy map. Everyone's map looks different, but the people that I studied in the book, there were universalities, there were commonalities that I found, like they all had a kind of a vision, like they all stopped sort of turning outward and blaming and reacting and attacking the world. And like, you know, as I said, like, you know, talking about how unfair things are and just wasting energy. What they did was they turned inward and they sort of committed to growing something inside and use that to blaze their journey forward. And that was something I discovered. This idea of alchemy, you know, every character I studied had bad things happen to them, but eventually they figured out how to use that to move them forward to places they wouldn't have gone to probably in any other way. So, yeah, no, there were 100% pieces of that map that I came away with thinking, thinking I can apply this to this no barriers journey. Those two are really powerful. So so vision, having in your mindset or in your mind clarity of what you want, and then, you know, you don't see the bears. And alchemy, I mean, that's such an underused word, isn't it? Gosh, I love that word. It's really transformation. It's taking something and changing it into something else. Did you have another one you wanted to give us there? Well, there are simple things that, like, every person that I looked at, um, they they eventually went from an isolated place to really building a great team around them. In the mountains, we call that a rope team because you're actually roped together with the people around you. seems so obvious. Well, of course you need people. But, like, how many of us study the kinds of teams that we want to, you know, the kinds of people we want to bring into our lives that elevate us rather than, you know, tear us down? I think the most important thing that I found was that the last piece of the journey is what I call elevating, what we call elevating at no barriers, which is, you know, you don't reach the summit of a mountain and just sort of pound your chest and say, okay, look at me, here I am. That's not the end of the journey. The journey is you take these struggles, um, these these gifts that you've earned through those struggles, and you bring them down and you use them in some way in your life. We don't, like, achieve these things as a, a, out of a sense of, a, like, escapism or something. We're trying to learn the, those lessons and bring them home. And so that's the ultimate end of the journey, I think, when we figured out how to, how to take those great adventures and those insights and use them in some way. And what's interesting about that word elevate, too, is it's not just elevating yourself, but elevating others. I know that the Terry Fox story had a big impression on you. Was that really, and for those of you who don't know who Terry Fox is, he's a Canadian gentleman who lost a leg to cancer, and he ended up getting, and this was way back, I remember 1981, the story, you know, and he ended up running across Canada to raise money for cancer. And was that really the point where you decided, like, I can do bigger things? Or had you already embraced this idea prior to that? Well, I think all of us need to look at people that they look up to in their lives. And so I I didn't have any examples of people with challenges. So watching on TV, it was one of the last images before I went blind of Terry running across Canada. I thought, okay, like he took this sense of tragedy and instead of allowing it to crush him, 
he gathered it up, he converted it into something else, a kind of uh, darkness into vision or darkness into energy, and he used that to propel him forward. And um, he almost made it across Canada before he, you know, cancer came back and killed him. But his, his legacy has been massive throughout the world in the 30-something years since he's died. Uh, and I thought that is the basis of everything, is that there is a space that you have to work within between the things that happen to you and the ways that you're supposed to react. And you don't have to react in a way that's sort of typical. There's a counterintuitive way of reacting. Like I talked about these people that I learned about with these kind of vision, you know, they figured out how to sort of go deep into themselves and pull something out that they didn't even know existed. And that it's not like they could see their future. It's not like Terry could see that he was going to die of cancer before he finished his run. That's impossible. I think that's an incorrect use of the word vision. But what he did was he looked inside of himself and sort of, sort of tried to illuminate what he had and tried to grow it and nurture it and then use that to blaze his path forward. Yeah. And that's the way I've always looked at vision since looking at Terry Fox. Well said. I just I love it. It's so interesting. And I want to come back and I want to talk with you more about teams and things, too. But I'm going to take a quick break here and check in with our Facebook audience because I know they're loving this as much as I am. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We are here with Eric Weinmayer. And this is an incredible journey that he tells in this book of his, No Barriers. I've included the Amazon link here. For those of you that don't know, we live stream the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Facebook. So we're going to check in with the Facebook peeps now, and we will be right back. And when I come back, I'm going to talk with him about how he tames that inner critic. How do you like that? We all want to know that, don't we? We'll be right back in one second. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time, and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi everyone, Dana Wild here with the Mind Aware Show and welcome back. We are having a fantastic conversation with Eric Weinmayer. He is the author of the book, No barriers. And I highly recommend this book. You know, we sometimes think that we've got obstacles in our way, or we are having a hard time achieving our goals, or they feel impossible, or I can't. Well, this guy will turn that right on its head for you. Because you know what he did? He has not only scaled all of the seven major summits in the world, but he's kayaked through the Grand Canyon. And did I mention that he's blind? This is someone who really doesn't understand the idea of can't or impossible. And we've been picking his brain. We've got to come up with a different phrase for that. <laughs> we've been picking his brain, but that's what we've been doing. Understanding how he thinks. How does someone think when you're able to do these things that are seemingly impossible? So, Eric, that's kind of where I want to come back in here. I, I'm thinking 
The first time you had an idea to do something that seemed kind of daring, did you have that voice in your head that said, you're crazy, you can't do that? Yeah, I mean, when my buddy said, hey, let's go climb Denali, the tallest peak in North America, I had been rock climbing, and I thought, that sounds crazy. And then you start to dream, you know, you start to, you know, that that seed gets planted. I guess I'm very susceptible (laughs) to other people, friends planting seeds and believing (laughs) that it's possible. This guy actually had attention deficit disorder, so his brain didn't work necessarily in a linear way because we were definitely not prepared to climb Denali. But I got really excited. We went out. We started fundraising. We got sponsorship from the American Foundation for the Blind, and and we trained, and we didn't summit a thing. And then uh, uh, 1995, we summited. After 19 days on the mountain, we summited Denali. Uh, turned out to be Helen Keller's birthday later. So. Um, oh, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, we that didn't is... even know it was Helen Keller's birthday, but we came down and we realized that. So we. So I like that idea of just getting swept away with an idea. I mean, people have asked me before, like, did you ever, like, lose hope and want to just, like, give up? And it's like, no. I, when I was going blind, I was incredibly frustrated. But I always had a kind of hope, like there was something through that brick wall. You know, without that, I think you're you're kind of sunk. Do you know what else I think that people don't speak too often enough is I think uh, a lot of times people think of uh, negative thinking or barriers or the I can't stuff as stuff that keeps coming up that you have to fight. But what I hear you saying, and I know this has been true in my own life, when you're really passionate and excited about a dream, you don't even think of that other stuff. It doesn't really even occur to you. All you're thinking about is kind of like, well, you know, like you said, fundraising. Where can I get sponsorship? Oh, this is cool. Oh, this could work. Yeah. Oh, here's another idea. And you're so swept up mm-hmm. in that that stream of that kind of thinking that you don't really have to battle stuff. Was yeah. that true for you? I'd say that's, that's true. I mean, I will say there have been times, and I wrote about them in No Barriers, where you're just absolutely crushed. You're, you know, you're crushed. Your hands your face are in your hands on the side of the river, having just like gotten ripped out of your kayak and swum through some massive rapid blind and just scared the crap out of yourself. And you're thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm, if I'm tough enough to do this. So yeah, I have had plenty of those moments, but also I've had a lot of moments where you'd say traditionally they've been massive failures, but yet, I never saw them that way at the time. Like we, when we were training for Denali that first time, we went to Long's Peak in January, which is a tall peak in Colorado. And we had a hundred mile an hour winds and we were just like, we didn't even get close to the summit. We turned around with our tail between our legs, getting picked up by this wind and hammering back down. I lost, uh, my friend lost his snowshoe. So he was limping out. I lost my goggles so that my eyes were actually, eyelids were frozen together. And we got back down to the parking lot. I remember thawing out my eyelids so I could open my eyes. It was really weird. And uh and thinking, you know, like, we didn't even think about the fact that we hadn't summited. We thought, like, no, if we could get through this moment together, like, as uh, ill-equipped, as, like, unprepared, as the biggest losers that we were, <laughs> then, God, like, what else could we do? And it was actually a, a moment of alchemy there because it was like, before that, I had been flirting with this idea. I hadn't really committed in my mind. And now it was like, okay, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. Like, we'll, we're going to do this thing. So, yeah, I think that mindset that you're talking about, these disasters can happen. 
And if you have the right mindset, you can see them as a moment of alchemy, um, of energy, of actual further commitment rather than like, oh, God, that was a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, almost like many, many successes because you survived it and you got through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Fantastic. I want to come back to this idea of your team and preparation, because I think sometimes when people meet someone like you, they think, oh, well, this is just a crazy guy who's out there and he's a daredevil. He just wants to do stuff that's risky. But you're actually you're pretty um I don't want to say you're cautious because that's way an overstatement, but you really go into things planning and preparing and knowing what you're doing. Do you think that that's one of your keys to success? Yeah, I'm very methodical, and that's why climbing has always probably been a good sport for me because it's it is you're step by step moving up the mountain. You know, you can stop and reassess, right? It's calm, it's slow. There's moments of like craziness, but there's a lot of moments where you're just kind of moving forward in a methodical way. Uh, and then kayaking was totally different. Kayaking was like embracing this massive energy bigger than you and ha- trying to figure out how to ride that energy almost like, well, what do you, what can you let go of in terms of control? When you did that, I bet yeah. it was really having to just totally let go to your team or let go to the river or what What kind of trust was involved there? Well, there's letting go because of the river, because, you know, you're trying to set up your movements and you're trying to you're you're trying to get in position and you're trying to pick a line. You know, my friends are yelling through these high tech radios to keep me on that line. Uh, but eventually you get to a point where the energy is so massive, all you're trying to do is just stay on top of it. You're just trying to ride that energy, uh, and you can't really control it. So, um, and my team, yeah, they were absolutely crucial to that. Um, I, you're right. I've never seen myself as a daredevil. I have seen my, I, I do see myself as pretty cautious and, uh, I have great friends who help me like look at a process and kind of try to move forward in a step by step way through that map. And so I don't really know if I'm honestly any, you know, remarkable in any way. I just think it's I've had the great fortune of being around great friends who have helped me sort of figure out the map forward and many times where I might have lost my will. Well, you had the sense to listen to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know which ones to listen to. You know, it's funny when I'm thinking about this river and everything you just said about it. It feels like such a good metaphor for just life having faith or having the trust that you're kind of on the path and you're going to make it and you make it beat up against the rocks every so often, but ultimately the streams are going to take you there. You know, it's just a no, really nice visual. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, like I, you know, one of my, I got one bad review in the book and she was like, I hate books that are metaphors. And I was like, well, first of all, I wasn't trying to be super metaphorical, but come on. I mean, a river, these massive rapids, I mean, when I was in the middle of it, I was thinking, this is blindness. Like, this is a thing that's bigger than you that you have to confront. Uh, and you can't change the rapid, but you can sort of pick the line that you're going to follow through your life and through this rapid. And uh, sometimes you don't stay on the line. Sometimes you stay off. You, you get knocked off the line. The other thing that was very metaphorical in kayaking was the fact that the energy that you're riding is actually created far beneath the surface of the water with all the boulders and drop-offs and sieves and things like that that are creating the energy that rises up to the to the surface. And I thought, okay, so understanding this is like understanding the brain, you know, because, like, most of our things that we do are just like a sliver of awareness on the surface. 
most of the energy that's happening and affecting that surface is happening far beneath the depths, you know, in the depths of our brains, our minds. So, uh, so no barriers for me became a sense of trying to understand how the mind works and all the stuff you're talking about. How do you deal with those voices that, that creep in that are like sort of like squatters, you know, just like in your building, you know, like get out of my brain, shut up. Yeah, so I, I felt that, that it was really fascinating to to understand how my own brain works. And I don't have this like perfect, flawless brain. I mean, I when I was kayaking, you know, I felt a lot of pressure because I wanted to rise to the occasion. and I wanted to do well. And I and I and I, of course, I was afraid of death and drowning and all that stuff. But I was also afraid that like if I couldn't rise to the occasion, if I just wasn't good at this sport and I let myself down and let my friends down, like that would mess with my identity of myself. And I realized, okay, that's the biggest barrier that I'm facing right now is that like, I'm going to sort of like, if you think of your mind, like a vinyl record, like if you challenge that assumption of yourself and that record, you know, shatters in your brain, like what are you left with? You know, and so honestly, that was that was my biggest barrier. I had to realize that once I kind of somehow pushed that to the peripheries and understood that uh, I actually became a much better kayaker. It's kind of like, who am I without this story or who am I without this identity? You know, who is the the Eric or the Dana behind that story? Does that make sense? Yes, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah, that's it's just it is fascinating. Eric, I'm telling you, you're one of these people that I just feel like I could talk with all day long. I'm sure you get that all the time. Do you have any parting advice for people now who are hearing your story and they think like, well, I have something big I want to do. What's the first step? Well, some of your list, viewers and listeners may not know that I, I founded No Barriers, an organization as well. And we work with about 5000 people a year. Uh, and they come to us in pretty dark places. And they've gone off on these journeys, you know, with hope and optimism. They get crushed or they get stuck or they get beat down or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately we have to have this mindset that our lives are good. That like Harlan on my, in my book, my guide down the Grand Canyon was like, this river is a, is, don't think of it as this monster that's just trying to suck you down and kill you. You gotta think of the journey as a good journey. If you don't believe that the journey ultimately is good, then, you know, what motivation do we have to keep going? So, in a way, that is, I think, why humans, uh, connect with faith so much. You know, whatever your faith is, you know, there's a, it, it moves beyond logic. It's a sort of faith that, you know, life is a good journey. And you will get the crap beat out of you from time to time, but ultimately it is it is worth it. Beautiful. That is really that's a great great parting shot. Thank you for that, Eric. It's so nice to have you here. I appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. And thank you all. The book is no barriers. You can get it on Amazon. I've included the link right here with the interview. We've been talking to Eric Weinmayer. And really, listen to what he says, right? You can go check out more about him at touchthetop.com if you're as fascinated by this story as I am. And all of the ideas about how 
the mind works. I mean, he's really tapped into some interesting truths here for all of us to consider, thinking about how we're living our life and do we think it's good and are we doing it with a higher idea or a higher vision? Are we taking those those things that seem to be barriers or setbacks and using alchemy to turn them around? Can we take that pivot from whatever is bad that happens, that seemingly failure, and see it as, hey, no, look at, I not only survived, but now I feel more committed than ever to go and achieve my dream. Keep your focus on that vision, because you know what? You can do that right now. You can make the decision starting today to take his story to heart, take this advice to heart, go after your own dream, and we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. I'm excited. I mean, like every time Dana says, you know, you got to take a drink. A donkey's on my back with the bridle in my mouth, whipping me and telling me what to do. This is what this tribe is about. This tribe is about breaking through paradigms. Letting go is an inside affair. Every human being is a unique and different human being. Please don't shoot me if I say anything bad today. Don't put an apple on your head and I won't. All you have to do is flip the button. He's like, taboo, Dana. Like, what? I was just like, what the heck is wrong with me? I'm like, I just want to go to work. I'd like to just have a girlfriend, settle down. <laughs>